you are listening to Loud Americans Discussing Soccer. Uh, it is a Discord special. We are joined by Neil, Andy, and Daryl of the Discord. Maybe other people will be popping in. Uh, it was kind of a last-minute thing. I wanted to kind of see what people outside of me and Martin uh, were thinking about the pod. Um, I, I think Daryl's going through a storm right now. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah let's hop around the room i kind of want to get everyone's kind of like a litmus test you know check the temperature uh how's everyone feeling about the world cup so i'll start over with neil hey neil fellow gooner uh how are you feeling about the world cup right now what's up guys uh games have been uh really good so far we've had some absolute crackers of matches and because of the time difference between, you know, Qatar and the East Coast, uh, it's been a great way for when, you know, work at home, just throw it on the TV or the second modern and yes. enjoy the footy. But no, I've been really enjoying the tournaments far. We see some crazy upsets. We've seen, you know, players trying to take the who's him trophy. But, oh, I've been enjoying it. It's been great. Cool, cool. Well, glad to have you back on the pod, recurring guest. Uh, we'll head over to Daryl. Uh, I don't want to go Arsenal to Arsenal fans. Sorry, Andy. I'll get to you in a second. Daryl, how are you doing? Uh, how are you feeling about the World Cup, man? Oh, man. Like, I just have to co-sign what Neil said, by the way. Great tournament so far, everything else. Uh, RIP Germany, RIP Japan. I mean, I, well, RIP Japan. They played well. Just seeing the, you know what, it's been such a great tournament, but like part of me is still a little like mince because of the fact that, you know, the whole guitar thing, but like overall it's been a great, great tournament, but like, you know, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, I think, damn. yeah, I think me and Martin have uh, come to terms that like we really love what is on the pitch and what's going on, but like everything outside that is sucks but we're just happy that the football has kind of made up for it so uh andy uh what's going on also fellow gooner uh how are you feeling about the world cup friend right yeah like everybody's uh kind of said i mean the on-field product for the world cup has been really entertaining this year uh, i mean everybody knows all the off-field issues that this world cup has had but uh at least yeah from an on-field perspective it's been a very entertaining uh world cup so far so i, I hope it continues with uh, the remaining games that we have i know there's there's some really big matchups that i know i'm excited to see i'm sure everybody else is too yeah i know before the pod started daryl was talking about and we've kind of discussed this too in the chat is the withdrawal we've been just hammered hammered with games day after day being punched in the yeah. face and these two days have been brutal like you want to elaborate a bit daryl it's just it's we're going through some withdrawal here yeah so like during the whole tournament at my job, we actually broadcast the tournament. So, like, every day at work, I could, like, sit down, you know, go through my files and stuff, so, like, look on the big screen, have the audio in my ear, like, watch the game. I'm, like, talking to clients. It, it feels great. These last two days, I swear to God, I go to the office. I'm like, what is <laughs> Why? Why? Why am I here? Like, it's, it's like, I feel like I'm missing something. The, the excitement. Just like those games and like teams, being able to see underdog stories, like seeing Japan, seeing like Korea and all these other guys play. It's just, ah, I'm I'm feeling it so bad. Like I, I literally spent the last couple of days just watching YouTube clips of like highlights of the games, just because I'm missing that World Cup fever. Like it's just, oh, my Slack, my Slack notice thing 
says World Cup fever until the end of <laughs> pretty much. Like, oh, Kev, Ye- I know you're feeling it, though. Yeah, I know you're feeling the whole mess of the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been able to steal as many memes. So that's been brutal. Like, how am I supposed to steal memes if there's no games to be played? You know, it's like uh, I'm missing out on the market of memes. So it's um, it, that's been pretty brutal. But yeah, no, I mean, to be honest, like the amount of upsets and excitement has just been really, really solid. But hey, let's get into the knockout rounds. Some excitement that did occur. Um, I guess we can start with our beloved U.S. men's national team, uh, R.I.P. Uh, thoughts and prayers. 3-1 defeat to the Dutch. Uh, you know, things I can't tolerate are people who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. And you know what? They heard <laughs> that and they were pretty upset. So I'll start it off with, I went Andy last, last time. So I'll start with Andy. Uh, thoughts on the U.S. men's national team. I mean, the Dutch pretty much just allowed us to have possession and just, uh, we're like, yeah, do whatever you want with this. You know, you won't be able to finish it. So. Yep, classic, just sit back and defend and hit on the counter, and I, they did that. I mean, they were incredibly clinical with, I, I can't remember what the final stat line was. I don't think they really had a ton of chances, but I think pretty much every shot on goal they had went in. So, I mean, kudos to them. They they came with a great game plan. They defended really well. You know, the U.S. couldn't couldn't break down that defense. And, yeah, at any time, like I said, the Dutch got forward. They were able to put the ball in the back of the net. So, I mean, overall, I was – pretty happy with the u.s i didn't really expect him to go too far so you know the fact that they made it to the knockout rounds is about as good as i would have thought i was hoping that they'd maybe make it to the quarterfinals but i know this is still a really young teams you know there's still question marks on where goals are coming from so you know they only lost one game this whole world cup i mean i think they only won one but um, still, a, you know, an admirable show. You know, it's a good experience for these guys. You would assume a, a lot of these players are still going to be around on the national team in the uh, 2026 World Cup. So, you know, great experience for all of them. And, and hopefully they can, you know, find a striker or, or find at least a system that allows them to score a little more, a few more goals by the next, by the next World Cup. Yeah, I think the lack of striker has been talked to death. I'm not going to get more into that discussion but i do want to talk about you know like is burhalter too stuck in his ways that he can't play like a false nine or have like geo geo play that or brendan or christian or something like that like there's other options than just playing a, a striker up top neil i'll go to you uh thoughts on the u.s men's national team's uh performance against the dutch leaving a lot of clinical like counterattacks wide open i think there's a lot of just poor communication on that back line like the dumfries uh goal where he's just out in no man's land like no one was even close to marking him um so you give up those like andy said those few chances but they were just so just clinical in the final third um thoughts on this u.s men's national team's performance uh, I'm going to start off by saying I'm really proud of the boys. As Andy touched on, they are a, a very young team. And when you look at the ages of the most promising players in the squad who are playing all over Europe, by the time 2026 around comes around, they'll be in their primes and fully ready to go. In terms of the performance of the match, uh, yeah, it was it was painful to watch. And the one thing that got me very, very angry about this game was the U.S. conceded the same goal twice. The ball came in from the right flank and just was whipped across 
the box and a Dutch player latched onto it. First, it was Memphis and Daly Blind. The Dutch could have scored a third goal the same exact way. But overall, in terms of full tournament performance, I'm I'm very proud of this U.S. team. And, you know, Greg, he's got he's got good sneaker game. I respect that. But I do think that a new manager going forward with 2026, only four years away, is probably the right call. But uh, one of our boys in our Instagram chat made a great point. I think he should stay in U.S. soccer because of his recruitment of dual nationals has been incredible. I think Mm -hmm. if he can continue to flip players like that to play for the U.S., uh, the future is only bright. Yeah, uh, I'll stick with you for a a second, Neil, because I'm just confused about some of the line, the lineup changes, like playing Ferreira and then having Haji Wright in there sometimes, and then Shaq Moore coming off, who I don't particularly care for, or even Zimmerman coming back in the final. I don't know. I just feel like he, and then even when we conceded, we kind of just kept playing the same way, even though we weren't still getting results. I mean, like Christian's corners, obviously I don't need to get into that. Poor, not great. They're kind of limp dick. Um, But I don't know. Like tactically, I just didn't see a lot from Greg here. You know what I mean? Like even in the US England match, I feel like that was more England being poor than US being great. And once we score a goal, we're like, all right, we kind of forget how to play. Like the last 20 minutes of the match of every match I've seen this tournament, it just feels like it's hands on deck. What do we do? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean I, I guess I didn't really No, you're right, you're right. I yet. think I like the lineup thing I'm, I'm with you on that. If it was me managing the U.S., which U.S. You are. Federation, in this if you, if you, this if hypothetical, you, go ahead. You're listening, you know. I'll be around 2026. But the one thing that confused me was, like, the front three. I mean, obviously, Pulisic's going to start at left wing. That's that's locked. But he's playing Sargent through the middle and then Weah on the right. I know Weah can play wing. He's very quick. I think he's better at the number nine position. So what I would have done was put him there. And then you can, you can literally flip a coin between Brendan Aronson or Gio Reyna. I think defensively, Tim Ream was fantastic. The entire tournament. Serginio desk looked great going forward, but on defense was shaky. And I thought Anthony Robinson all around was pretty good. And then I, I'm going to run. I can't run over for the midfield. You know, Tyler Adams, McKenny, and Musa were all fantastic. That midfield three was solid. Great to watch. Definitely the highlight of the tournament. 100%. I think those guys going forward is like the heart of the team. It's going to be good. But yeah, Greg tactically is a, he's like a wet flip flop, man. Yeah. Or, or like a wet Jordan one, you know? Yeah. It's a wet sandwich. Yes. Uh, well, Daryl. I, uh, I, I, oh, Andy, do you want to, you had one thing and then I'll hop over the Daryl. Sorry, Daryl. We're getting to you. I swear. I, yeah. I, apologize, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, not only my Arsenal fan, I am a crew supporter. And so prior to Greg coaching the national team, I had to watch him for a few years, uh, coach the crew. And that was something that really stood out is he is a, a very stubborn, stuck in his way of coach. He has, his one system for the crew was it was basically everybody funnel the ball towards the striker, whether it was Ola Kamara, Kai Kamara, or um, Jossie's artist for his, I think, Craig's last season there. 
Um, so they did. They did do a lot of job. Uh, they did do a good job of creating chances for the striker there, and those strikers rewarded those chances by scoring a bunch of goals. Uh, the issue we had with the crew is, is uh, you know, where are the goals coming from? You know, elsewhere in the team, like, you know, we get a lot of goals from the winger or from midfield. So kind of had the opposite problem that the uh, U.S. team has now. But it, it is just something that having watched Greg coach for now eight seasons across the crew and national team, it's just he does not really have a plan B. He has a plan A and it's he's, he's going to just keep going with plan A. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Sticking to it. Okay. Don't love that. All right, Daryl. Um, thoughts on the U.S. men's national team? Um, I feel like there's already been a lot said, but I mean, we have to give a you know a shout out to the Dutch. We played. We did exactly what they wanted us to do, and then they executed perfectly. But you know, what are your thoughts? Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I'm actually like a Dutch fan, so like I was watching the game, and with uh, after the interview. Ben Hall, he did an interview on Dutch TV. And essentially, he said, like, uh, I had to paraphrase it. I'm learning Dutch, so I'm listening to it. And he essentially was saying that, like, the best teams can play one style. The United States decided today to play one style. And I was able to figure it out within the first few minutes. Essentially, it was I had to paraphrase it. It was in Dutch. Um, but you look at the game and you see it with the USA team. I like what Greg Berhalter is doing as like a recruitment man, what Neil was saying. But like, but for me, tactically, he's not the guy. Uh, the way that he played and he set up this team against the Netherlands wasn't. If you're playing against a team and the whole time they're setting up the counter and you're not trying to do anything to like counter that, to like, not, I'm sorry. <laughs> to try to, like, break that pressure, to try to get in there. And Greg Berhalter played the same sort of style the entire game against another. The one goal that the United States scored was, like, dude, that was a, the world, the craziest goal I've ever seen by my, my right. But overall, when you look at the program, I like the kids for the United States. They're playing really well. They're developing pretty good. But Right now, moving forward, I think you have to take the program with another manager because with another manager, they were able to take this program even further. And I think Greg Berhalter capped like right. This is Greg Berhalter. Yeah. Yeah, I do think there was a bit of a peaking here at the World Cup. And damn, Daryl calling for another man's job. Here on hey, lads, that's that's pretty brutal, man. Hey, I mean, look, he's he's gonna be well. I mean, like he has <laughs> he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. He got connections to USA soccer. He'll find him a job somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Okay, let's move on to the next match. Uh <laughs> Argentina versus Australia, the Socceroos, RIP, the Socceroos. Also, some darlings in the World Cup. I did not see them coming out of the group stage, and I was so happy when the old oi oi oi's came through. So I will start off with Neil. Neil, thoughts on Argentina versus uh Australia. I mean, it was the messy show, which throughout this tournament, he hasn't really had a oh, put the team on my back game and this clearly was to put the team on it the dog in him as you would like to say 
All I'm say is the man was plus seven fifty as the favorite to win the golden ball. I did take that. He is him. <laughs> he has been. He is him. He's had a. I think it was in the start of the tournament. You know they were in disarray. The loss to Saudi Arabia, and then he just went nah. I'm gonna go off. The entire team is fantastic from back to front. A lot of the pieces that they've been missing that we've seen in past World Cups, like rounded up defense and goalkeeping, they have also. But shout out to Australia for making it through the the videos online of you know Sydney at three thirty in the morning where everyone in the streets are just going absolute ape shit. I love oh, that. Dude. That was a great shot to the players and like the dude, like that shit's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame they couldn't go farther. And you know, a lot of people are pipping Argentina to win the whole thing. And I mean, they're making a very good case. Well, I really hope they both make it through so uh the next round so we see Argentina, Brazil. I want that so fucking bad. Oh my god, just I mean, but Brazil just has so much firepower. It's going to be hard to stop. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. Sorry. I'm just so excited about Brazil. Uh, We'll go to Andy next, and we'll hop back to Daryl and do a little snake around. Andy, uh, thoughts on Lionel Messi? Pretty good player. Pretty good, some would say. Yeah, like like, uh, I'll agree with Neil's hot take that Lionel Messi is him. Uh, (laughs) What about Mbappe? No one knows who that is. According to Fox Sports, anyway, um, they they just he's now just arrived. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see where Messi goes from here. But watching that performance, it, it did feel as though Messi was creating everything that match. He gave one perfect sitter to Martinez. I don't know if you saw where he the guy just skied it. It was just he just slayed it out there like a fucking sandwich and he just did not bite. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't not able to watch the whole match. I think I watched maybe the last fifteen or twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically, what I was aware that it was a, a close game, and so yeah, I saw, I saw there's uh, Martinez had some really bad misses. So I mean, it could the, the scoreline, you know, it was two one. So uh, nice close scoreline for Australia, but probably could have been a little more unflattering for them. But I mean, kudos to them to, to for making it that far. I mean, definitely, I don't think anybody thought that they would make it to knockout rounds and. You know, nope, they, I had him bottom of the group. Yep, I <laughs> I had no no faith, but uh, that's fine. That's fine. I'm sure they're all super. They're going to get super drunk and hang out the outback or whatever they do. Shrimp on the Barbie. Real, exactly. real excited for them. And yeah, uh, and like you know, you saw the scenes in Australia. I know that just when they qualified for the World Cup, I mean, their fans were going nuts. So I mean, you see how much it meant to that country. Uh, so you know, they they gave their fans a really nice. I'm sure I'm sure their fans would have been happy if they were bottom of the group and you know lost all their games. I'm sure they wouldn't have minded at all. But you know, the fact that they were able to make a little bit of a run and get out of the group, give you know, their fans are probably just over the moon with that. So mm-hmm. uh, kudos to them. But uh, it, yeah, it, it is gonna be nice to potentially see Argentina and Brazil coming up. But yeah, I mean, even Argentina Netherlands is gonna be a, I mean, uh, be a good game too. Yeah, me and Daryl were geeking out. Before the pod started saying like, man, today, well, I guess I hate how time travel works. We're recording this on a Thursday, but I'm probably going to post this for tomorrow. So today's games is going to be awesome for Argentina Dutch. But Daryl, thoughts on Argentina? Pretty good team. Dude, there's this one guy that plays for Argentina. I forgot. Was this number uh, number 10? You heard of this guy, Kev? Um, in In myth, in mythology, yes. He's half man, half amazing. Jesus Christ. But I want to talk about like 
Julian Alvarez. Oh my God, that goal that he scored mm-hmm. in the 57th minute. Oh, this young kid right here, Man City, got themselves a steal by signing this guy, Julian Alvarez. This young kid is going to be phenomenal. And Argentina, the one thing about Argentina, they have a lot of these like young kids. They're like, dude, McAllister, freaking McAllister, just kid. They have a lot of these young guys. And the one thing about Argentina team that trips me out, you have a lot of these great players, all these fantastic young players that are coming up. And then you have in center back, number 19, Ultimate. <laughs> you have Nicholas Ultimende playing there at the center back. Overall, Argentina is phenomenal. Uh, I mean, they pretty much did what they had to do. And the one thing about this tournament, because it's a seven game, essentially, for you to win the whole, to win the cup, you have to catch on fire at the right time. I don't know. I mean, maybe the next round might be not as easy as some people say. But overall, I think their performance so far is pretty good. Yeah, I've been thoroughly impressed where it hasn't been just, oh, Messi playing around with a bunch of plumbers and uh, actually has some solid support here. And McAllister, like you said, what a breakout performance for him this year, not only at the international, but the club level as well. Um, okay, uh, another guy who is him, uh, Kylian Mbappe, uh, helping Giroud take over Thierry Henry's all-time goal record for France. He also got to brace himself with that assist to Giroud. Um, over under, I'm just going to throw this out to the room. Whoever responds first, go over. Over under three World Cups for Gillian Mbappe. Under. Under? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see him win two. But, like, as long as uh, your boy, Arsene Vega's plan, don't come into fruition. As long as it stays at four World Cups, what is he like? Twenty three. Twenty three. Yes. So he has about let's say three more, four more World Cups, maybe. Let's say he plays till he's like Ronaldo. So he has like four World Cups. I can see him winning one more, but oh wait, it's France, so they produce talent all the time. Now I'm going to say what under. I mean, the world. I have to take the world <laughs> over and. I think four to three World Cups. Okay. It's, it's so hard to win just one World Cup. I mean, two yeah. in a career would be outstanding. So, yeah, two would have been my uh, my. We're uh, staying at two. Opinion two. Yeah. We feel good about two. That's still fucking nuts. I was talking about this on the pod earlier, Martin, where it's like, ah, oh, you know, we talk a lot of shit about killing Mbappe. Ah, oh, he stays at PSG. He's in a farmer's league. But, like, if he just starts racking up World Cups, can we really – keep talking trash like oh he needs to go to a real like uh a real league with a real team whatever um but if he gets like a champions league at psg a couple world cups like i think we're gonna put him up there in the top whatever list at some point uh neil am i talking crazy here like i i don't know like after watching him and the way that france can you know meticulously break down a team where they can do certain things they can get you by just scoring a goal and staying back and just holding out, knowing that if they get that goal, you're not going to be able to do anything, or they can just blow your fucking shit off with Dembele, Giroud, Griezmann, Mbappe, blah, 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 like the list goes on. As they say in the industry, 
That boy Mbappe is built different. Whether he's playing in the middle or he's put on either wing, he is an absolute joy to watch. And in terms of the over-under on three World Cups, I'll take the push at three exactly. Because I think the France team has a... I think they have a pretty good shot this year. And as Darrow mentioned, the talent pool that they have combined with the youth is just goddamn ridiculous. Like, you look at their midfields, like Kamavinga, Tushimeni, our gunner in the back, William Saliba. You know, like, there's so many very talented young players who are in their late teens, early 20s. And then you have players like Adrian Rabios having a resurgence. Yeah. Griezmann is shit for club, but is always incredible with France. You add, you sprinkle, you know, like Dembele in there, Teo Hernandez, Benjamin mm. Pavard, and then you no, and, and no Conte or Pogba for this. No tournament. Conte or Pogba, who are two stalwarts and but, regulars in this team. Like the sky is the goddamn limit for them. Shout out JC, our Frenchman in the Discord. There, we it's always a joy to watch the French. We 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 we. Daryl, I think you had something to say. No, I would say it. Like I agree. I think yeah, Neil pretty much agree with the talent. But my thing is like the world, man. That's the, the variable is if Mbappe could be on point and ball it, and you know, win for him to win two extra World Cup, take like he would have to have that team be on point against other the world. You know what I mean? Like Germany. Yeah. But he, France versus oh. the world. Yes. Yeah. So here's so this. So when you brought that to me, I'm, I'm taking a bet as far as like France versus the world. And for me, even though France do produce a lot of talent, some of these kids can be dual nationals. You know what I mean? Some of these kids can be dual nationals and like become, you know, play for Senegal or like play for Morocco, something like that. There's so many variables. You know what I mean? So it's like, I can see him winning one more. Because of the fact that France has so much talent, like, they, and okay. it's like, you know, I mean, he'll produce, but like, the world right. will get. I, I just want to say, like, in a few weeks' time, if France wins the World Cup, are we going to have a different conversation? Oh, no. If he gets two, I'll, you know. <laughs> I hey, I didn't say he was above. <laughs> That's a big ask, by the way. I'm being kind of a dickhead. I'm like, oh, what if he wins in two weeks or whatever? But I'm just saying, like, I think in two weeks' time, could we be having completely different discourse, you know? Um, sorry, I'm just charging my phone. Um, speaking of the world in football, um, my next question to the group is, is it coming home? England defeating Senegal 3-0, uh, the second coming of Christ, Jude Bellingham, who I don't know about you guys. Has anyone's stock ever been so high from oh. a World Cup? I mean, probably James Rodriguez or Mbappe at the last World Cup. I'm trying to think of other yeah, standouts. Neymar in 2014, I know his that's a good shout. A lot, a lot in that one too. But that's I mean, again, James Rodriguez. Rodriguez. I mean, there was there was a number of players just from that World Cup. Who's, Jesus, you know, got, what's that got, one dude? I was on a Colombian team uh, that went to Atletico. Was it Jackson Martinez? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard that name in years. Not since he was linked with Arsenal. 
um, Mustafi to Arsenal. You know, that 2014 World Cup did a lot for him. Um, rip, rip. But anyway, uh, England looks great. I was talking with Martin earlier. I was just like, this is the most I have felt good about England in a long time. They look really good. Gareth Southgate's finally praying Foden. Um, Jude Bellingham is running things. Kane is staying healthy. Rashford, man. Rashford has been playing phenomenally with, with the England shirt on. Saka, our boy, also looking solid as well. I mean, this England squad is about to go up against the juggernaut, which is killing Mbappe. And I don't know what to tell you. Harry Maguire is playing like Maldini when he puts that shirt on. So I don't know what what you guys want from me. I just want to say, like, I'm just trying to I'm just I'm just one man asking a couple other men a simple question. Is it coming home? I don't know if it's coming home, but I do think if, if England get past France, I think they make it to the final. And then I guess it might just depend on who they match up against within the final at that point. But I mean, it is as talented of an England squad as I don't know, possibly has been in, in, in a very, very long time. So they have a really good chance. I definitely wouldn't put it past them to win it. Hmm. I'll go to Neil then. Neil, you're an England hater. You hate bangers and mash. You don't like you 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 love saying in it and oh boy, bro. telling Noel Gallagher to go fuck himself. Um what are I, I think what Andy said was perfect. The France the so they played a great game against Senegal. The matchup against France is their biggest test so far, and if they can knock off a powerhouse like that. They can definitely make the final. The talent pool is there. I do still think Gareth Southgate's kind of dumb. But if, say, England get matched up with like a Brazil, it's coming home to South America. Yoga Bonita, we're going to do some dancing. Oh, some Hogo Bonita. But... Yeah, we're going to be doing some, uh, you know, some salsa, some, uh, you know, some shimmying. Okay. Um. All right, the next games I want to talk to, I kind of want to combine two because they're very similar, and that's Japan, Croatia, and Morocco, Spain. Both went to penalties, both not the most entertaining, but obviously had the drama at the end. And also, two teams sucked ass at taking penalties, but one apparently had a 1,000 tries prior with Luis Enrique. Um, How do we feel about these penalties? Because for me... I didn't feel the intensity. Everyone's walking up so lackadaisical. <laughs> like everyone's like, "It's oh, go ahead, Andy." I don't think I've ever been more frustrated with a team that I had not like no investment in. Like I was, I was. I mean, as a neutral, I was a big fan of watching Japan. I mean, they had a they had a really good group stage run. Their uh, kind of late game, or yeah, I guess late game winner against Spain to to secure their qualification of the knockout round was was really exciting to watch. So um, I was I was. You know the, the fact that they they uh, kept it level against Croatia. Um, I was I was really pu- pulling for them in the penalty in the PKs, and then coming out of the PKs, it was just like I'm so I'm so mad that they just they they just didn't have anything left to give. I think at that point, I don't. At least that's I think that's a, a, I guess a positive look at that potentially is they were just I know a lot of those guys just ran themselves into the ground, and they I don't know if they had any energy left in their legs to kick the ball the hard that hard because. I mean, based on the 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 evidence, they they weren't capable of kicking up the ball hard, or at the very least, they didn't want to, because that was a very frustrating uh, PK shootout. 
And same with Spain. Like, I just don't understand. Like, it wasn't even they looked tired. It just looked, I don't want to say lazy. None of these guys are lazy. I just don't know what to put it. I just felt like a lack of energy. Daryl, what did you see? You know what's funny about that Morocco-Spain game? So apparently uh, Enrique only picked the first three PK kickers. He had freaking Busquets right down the other the remaining left the remaining eight PK kickers and handed the note off to the referee. Enrique was even watching these guys like standing up with the rest of the team as they're taking PKs. Spain has to be by far the most disappointing team to be in the World Cup. Not even Qatar, all right? Not even Canada, whatever. Like, Spain has to be the most disappointing and frustrating team I've ever seen. After that Costa Rica match, we thought, like, it was, we were, we were, it was coming home to Spain, baby. It was, it was just, you know, dandelions and roses or whatever the fuck. It was a great looking time. You think they're going to be, like, having a party out there? These guys scored seven against Costa Rica, and for the rest of the match, they I think they only scored one goal, right? After the, after I guess the against game. Germany, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the hell? This guy, you know, the, the game, remember when they got knocked out in 2018, they played against Russia. It went to penalty. They had 81% possession, and they lost the freaking game. What happened against Morocco? They had 77% of the game, and they lost. And they didn't score a single goal, not even in the penalty or in regulation. I am yeah. so glad they sacked the <laughs> well, he's, he's got po- He's got a podcast. He's going to be on here soon. He's not doing anything, so I'll be, I'll be sending some DMs. Liver King never got back to me. He's he's been going he's been going on this fucking all these other shows crying about how he did steroids, but not mine. It's kind of bullshit. <laughs> Enrique has like the hottest Twitter, I mean the hottest uh Twitch show out there, dude. He's out there making numbers. He's a gamer. He's yeah. a mass he's a massive gamer, which gives me great uh transition to Neil, the ultimate gamer. Um on a scale of one to ten, how much of a dog does Hakimi have in him after that chip? Eleven. He hit, he hit the ice, the ice in his veins, yeah. baby. Down the middle. And then hit the jail and waddle celly, dude. Like when I was watching that during work, my jaw dropped to the floor. So as shit Spain were in the game, it's props to Morocco because they played their game, took them to penalties, and just outclassed them. And also watching the penalty shootout, this is something that that really like grinds my gears. And I, I talked about it in a group chat with a bunch of my buddies. The, the like cuteness and penalties is just so annoying. Like the hop steps, the staggered runoffs. It's like, mate, just blast the ball in the back of the net. You don't have to like try and psych the keeper out like that. Just give it one good whack, high, low, down the middle, left, right. Yeah, but honestly, I think Spain in the future, you know, it's they have a lot of really good young players, you know, Pedri, Gavi. Uh, who's the the outside back place for Barcelona? Balde is very good as well. Fran Torres, you know, Baron Torres. I think oh, they'll Nico be Nico Williams, man. Nico Nick, Williams. Oh, Nico Williams, yeah, baller. Dude. Yeah, baller. I think they'll be fine in the future. But also, uh, I didn't really watch the Japan Croatia game 
But uh, to revert back to Spain, when our 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 gooner Takahiro Tomiyasu, he came on for 20 minutes in the Japan Spain game. And this motherfucker just goes, yeah, you know, it was like a good conditioning match. It's like, dog, you're going against like Ansu Fati, Ferran Torres, <laughs> a, a, a inform Alvaro Morata, Pedro Gavi. And you're like, yeah, that was just like a 20 minute jog in the park. So big up Tomiyasu. I'm sad he got knocked out, but uh, I'm happy he's coming back to Arsenal. So, yeah, I, I think this is a great transition to do the last two games because I see a lot of similarities between them too. Brazil versus uh, South Korea. And then we had uh, Portugal versus Switzerland, both shit pumpings. Um, both of the games are pretty over, pretty much over pretty quick. Um, who were you more impressed by? That'll be my question uh, by this shit pumping. And I'll go to Andy first, Brazil or Portugal. So uh, I will say I didn't watch either of these games. That's uh, fine. But I, uh, when I saw the score lines for both of them, um, I get the Portugal Switzerland surprised me. Uh, a lot more than the Brazil South Korea. I mean, I know South Korea has some really good players, but Brazil's I mean, probably one of the, the favorites to win. So seeing a four one scoreline is not that surprising. But Switzerland, you thought I mean, there'd be more out of Switzerland? You think? Yeah, uh, Switzerland. I, I um, you know they they had a good run um, to the group stage, and you know they, they they've also got some really good players. And just to see a, a what is it six one scoreline against them that was. That that was really surprising to me. So I mean, that's in Ramos. Who, like, who the fuck? Who the fuck's this guy from Benfica? Did Liverpool fuck up? I've been seeing that meme go around that <laughs> they that they got the wrong guy. This guy off the fucking bench. This guy benches Ronaldo. Says, "Get out of your time is now, old man." Well, and and I know I know we we talked about like uh, teams like France and Spain and all these other teams having a, a quality young players. I mean, how many? How often do you see a young player from Portugal? get linked for a big money move to a big club nowadays. I mean, they, they, they just, they've been churning out players really, uh, uh, really well too. So, I mean, there's a, there's a case that, you know, uh, as long as Portugal continued to churn out some of those players and those players continue to, uh, progress really well, like Portugal could be a, uh, a big threat to, you know, for the 2026 world cup, maybe, or, or maybe the what 2024 euros, so I mean, they definitely can be a team to watch. They've got a lot of quality there. Yeah, I mean, when you can bring Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Rafael Leo, which is he's a fucking beast in Syria, um, and you're up front with Bruno Fernandez, Yao Felix, who has a resurgence. Please get him away from the terrorist who's Diego Simeone, who's <laughs> just been ruining that man. Um, well, he's, he's linked to a bunch of a bunch of. Teams. I saw Villa. I saw yeah. Aston Villa was one from Marca, yeah. and I was like, "No way!" See him with Unai Emery. I would die to see. That'd be Dude, so. That'd be that so be fun. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, Villa's ambitious, but I, I feel like the, I think I saw the dollar figures were it was like 130 million, or I think it was 130 million dollars. Um, I don't know if that's a lot of money for Villa to splash. I mean, I know they they have spent money in the past, but it's generally been, you know, by like six or seven players for kind of that much. I don't know if they they could afford to splash that much on one player, but I mean, if they do, you know, uh, Villa all of a sudden becomes, you know, you're knocking on the door for for those European places, maybe even a little bit, you know, maybe knocking on the door for Champions League places. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm just very impressed by this Portugal squad because it's just so crazy that they barely 
almost didn't make the World Cup. That's so weird. That's so weird to me when they're yeah. just this this good. Daryl, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, yeah, they had to make it through the playoff, if not mistaken. Am I right? Like they had to go through the playoff. It's just wild that a team like this and catching fire at this point. It's like where this is the point where you need to catch fire right now. If Momentum, a, yeah. Yeah, knockout round, you're up six one. And uh I got to give a big salute to my man Pepe, thirty nine years strong. Still banging out goals left and right. Still terrifying. Still terrifying. Ah, I love this. Even though I hate Real Madrid and all that, but like I love Pepe. He was just what you know. Pepe's a player. You just have to be like you know he's a dickhead, but like at the same time you're like I respect you, sir. You know yeah, I I mean there's nothing more terrifying than that man coming at you full speed. I don't care what it is or def- having to like. Uh, defend him on a corner, Jesus Christ! And, and the whole fact that, like this guy, he's banged in goal. Rafael Leal, who's like, if I'm not mistaken, even start the game. He came off. Yeah, yeah subbed in. Yeah, yeah. And the whole team. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about my man, uh, William Cavado, who uh, plays for Real Betis, the defensive midfielder. He had a great game. Oh man, this this Portugal team is pretty. Damn stack, and if they're able to get past the quarterfinals, it, it looks like it's the their chance to make it. I mean, the Morocco game is going to be ugly, but Portugal is playing nasty, and Brazil. I mean, yeah, let's get into Daryl. Let's get into Brazil because um, they're stacked, man, at attack. I mean, they're great at the back with like Allison, and then your backup is Ederson. Must be nice. Uh, but Thiago Silva looking so good. I mean, and up top, Neymar is back. He looked good. I thought they should have subbed him off sooner after it got, you know, out of hand, like rest him, you know what I mean? With after he got that knock to his, uh, what was it, his ankle? Um, but, but like Richarlson playing out of his mind. Uh, they have a new R9 in Brazil. Um, Vincius Jr., Rafinha, and then you can bring off Anthony and Martinelli off the bench. Like that's and Fred. No, I'm just kidding. But like they have so many <laughs> options for Brazil, and it, it's it just feels like there's no way of stopping this attack, Daryl. Bro, Bruno Gamarsh doesn't even didn't even start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bruno Gamarsh was off the bench. Yeah, uh, Rodrigo he's on the bench. Rodrigo is on the bench. Bro, the one thing about Brazil, though, I'm a I'm an Everton fan, right? They have a player called Everton. <laughs> Everton. And the keeper that they subbed in to replace uh, Allison to give him his first ever World Cup game, his name is Weverton. Those <laughs> 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 Everton and Weverton are on the Brazil squad. So uh, part of me is pulling for them and because of the whole Everton connection. But this is the only chance that I'll ever get close to seeing an Everton win anything. But probably be if Brazil wins the World Cup. But uh, overall, they're looking nasty. But like that game was pretty much over at halftime. It was like boys against men. Like it was literally boys against men that entire game. And the celebrations, I have no problem with it. You're no Roy uh, Keane. You you find you you find dancing fine, Daryl. You think that is okay for grown man to dance like that? It's embarrassing. It's shameful. It's shameful. <laughs> it's I can't believe it. They're dancing on the grave. They're ruining the game. They're ruining the beautiful game. They are literally pissing on the beautiful game. And you're okay with that. Wow, Daryl. Hey, 
Hey, I always say it, man. One thing, though. Uh, if you want to, you got to stop them from dancing. That's it. <laughs> I say what, what's shameful is giving up six goals in, uh, you know, a knockout stage of the World Cup. And, yeah. and I mean, they're all professional players. I mean, if... If, it, if another team is that much better than you on the day, then I, you know, like, like Daryl said, like it's your job to stop them and you're not doing it. So they can kind of do whatever they want. So, yeah. I mean, they are the Samba Kings. That's what they are. They, they fucking love the dance. They love to have great food and uh, giant statues of Jesus in Rio. That's what they do. Um, and that's talking Brazil. Um, Neil, any thoughts on Brazil? I mean, it must fucking kick you in the ass to see where Charleston doing so well. Uh, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> As an Arsenal man, I cannot root for this man. But Brazil were the favorites going into the tournament. I think every match they've been showing why. I did put money on them to win the I picked them thing. too, yeah. I think they're just they're stacked in attack. They have a solid round in midfield. And defensively, you know, as you said, like having Ederson and Allison's like the greatest problem to have. Tiago Silva's look good. Bremer has been playing very well. My one doubt with them was the fullbacks because, you know, Danny Alves is almost 40 and he's still like putting shifts in. So props up to him. He's been around forever. Uh, Alexandro got injured, but I think if there's one team to be in this tournament is them. Yeah. And I think uh, this kind of transitions to, uh, I want to do a rapid fire uh quarterfinals who we got what do we got what do we got i am doing al pacino's impression from the movie heat what do we got um let's start off going around the room croatia brazil um i mean it's brazil right is there anyone picking croatia here or is is, can someone make an argument that croatia has a chance where they just try to make it to penalties and whatever happens happens i feel like that's the only way croatia will do it yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay, we can be fine. Cool, gets great pod. This is great podcasting. Um, <laughs> um, let me uh, go to the next game then. Netherlands Argentina. I feel like this one will be a bit more divisive. Um, I am having Argentina for this one. I am picking who has the best player on the pitch. It's Lionel Messi. Who has the better team? It is the Dutch. Um, I'm also split with this of Martin. He took the Dutch. Where's everyone else here? Uh, I'll start with, we'll go Andy first, then Neil, then Daryl. Who do you got, Andy? Argentina too. Um, I mean, I could definitely see, I mean, if the Netherlands can sit back and defend as well as they did against the U.S. and, you know, be as clinical on the counter, you know, they they have a very good chance of, of uh, winning that game or at least getting to, to penalties. And, and then, like we said just a second ago, you know, anything can happen to penalties. But, uh, yeah, Argentina is my favorite two in that match. Cool. Neil? Uh, yeah, Argentina as well. All they need is one moment of messy magic. And then... He's I been known. The, He's been known for that, yeah. Just a little bit. And I think the floodgates open. Even though the Dutch... You know, I I like what Andy said. They could sit back and try and be like stars defensively, but Messi's gonna have a him moment, and Argentina will go through. Oh, we haven't really mentioned Gapko though. He's been phenomenal this oh, tournament. He's great. He is speed, great. baby. He is fast as fuck. I really, really like him. Uh, Daryl, uh, Argentina and the Dutch. What do you got? All right. So this is what I'm thinking, right? So coaches, I have to give the edge to of course Netherlands Metal is 
I mean, he's probably one of the better, the best coach there is in the tournament currently right now, besides the Brazilian coach. Uh, team, I got to go with Netherlands. X Factor is messy. So that's like plus two. So. Yeah, like a ranking system going on. I like this. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to work through your madness, my man. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take the Dutch because Gakpo and can do can wreak some havoc in that uh, Argentina center back connection, especially Ultimende, who I am obviously not a fan of Ultimende. I think uh, Ultimende with the hack and Romero. That's the one thing. If if the Dutch get him in the counter, and you have Gakpo and Memphis Depay. Danny Clausen actually has been playing phenomenal, by the way. Danny Clausen mm. has been having a great tournament for him. And you have Dumfries. The one problem with the Netherlands is Daly Blint. Daly Blint is slow as like the other wing back. But he scores goals. He scores goals. <laughs> he scores goals. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Netherlands, Netherlands, let's say Netherlands two, Argentina one. Oh, giving us score lines, spoiling us. Okay. All right. I I like it. Um yeah. okay, let's move on to Morocco, Portugal. I feel like we're going to feel the same kind of with Brazil, Croatia. I think Morocco has had a phenomenal line. Shout out fucking representing Africa in this tournament. One of the greatest probably runs we have seen in a World Cup tournament from uh, African nation. But I think it comes to an end here. I think Portugal sends a packing. Um, Neil, it looks like you had something to say. Shout out Morocco. Their nicknames, the Atlas Lions. That nickname yeah. is awesome. Oh, that's badass. But I, I agree. I think as good as Morocco was against Spain, this Portugal team has caught fire. And yeah, I think it 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 could be a bloodbath. But hey, who knows? The same thing could happen in the Morocco Spain match. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think I think Portugal. I'm gonna go for a. Four nil Portugal win. Woo! Ah, they're gonna fucking lay it on them. Okay, uh, we'll go to Andy there. Uh, Andy, uh, Portugal just gonna crush. Yep, that's. I'm, I'm sorry, Morocco fans who might be listening, but yeah, like, like you said, I think this is where their run ends. I mean, great run for them, uh, but yeah, I think uh, Portugal win. I would say two one. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Morocco could get a late. You know, kind of consolation goal, send their fans home a little, a little happier. But yeah, I think Portugal went pretty comfortably. By like three goals. Okay. Uh, Daryl, any uh, hope for Morocco? Only thing I have to say is shout out to uh, ZH. Hopefully you get out of the prison known as uh, Kelsey after this tournament. <laughs> Please. Somebody buy this man. Take him out of Chelsea. Yeah, free this man. He's been doing phenomenal this tournament, and uh, I think you know he deserves a proper home. Please take him out. Um, overall, I love the story about Morocco, the Atlas Lion. Like the pretty much most of the team are all like uh, descendants of like immigrants. Like uh, Bono was actually born in Montreal, Canada. Ziyech uh, was born in Amsterdam. Hakimi from Madrid. So that's another reason why I like this plot so much. It's pretty much like a hodgepodge, yeah. Yeah. But overall, I think they're right. They're right. It's going to end. The only way I can see them win it is 
if they just play like that strong defensive line, try to hit on the counter. But if Portugal plays that high pressing, if Ronaldo does not start, right? <laughs> if Ramos plays. It's Ronaldo. the only thing holding Portugal back is what you're saying. Ronaldo yeah. starting is holding okay. I just I got I got a lot on the record this pod. Okay, thank you, Daryl. So uh, if Ronaldo starts, like because you can't press if you have Ronaldo out there starting. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say Portugal's gonna win three one. I can see like a Kimi banger, but overall three. Okay. Um, oh, final real, real quick. Go ahead. I, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about Portugal, that Portugal Switzerland match, but um, it's, I think something that's been really impressive with Portugal too is going into the World Cup. You know, there's all this talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. He, he had just given that interview, or that interview had just been released, and so all the all this negative focus was on him. And you know, you saw some of those some of those frosty receptions he was getting from some of the Portugal teammates, and. Uh, the fact that they've been able to just kind of keep their heads down and then just play as well as they have with kind of all that stuff going on in the background has been really impressive too. Yeah, they've kind of shot out the noise. I've heard a couple rumors that he's upset from not starting and that, but he's denied that the whole team is now denied that, saying that's all bullshit. You know, I we'll find out on Piers Morgan next week. So <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, well, uh, the, the, the tell-all part two. We'll get that at some point. What was it like in the dressing room? <laughs> um, piss Morgan. I fucking hate that guy. I can't believe he's an Arsenal fan. It's the worst. Um, okay, last match of the quarters uh probably the biggest one would we agree probably the biggest match of the quarters next to probably netherlands argentina france versus england 100 years war rematch it's on baby um i'm taking france my heart wants england but it's it's let's be smart this is my thing let's be smart it is france um I just feel like they have them outclassed and multiple, even though I love this England squad, I think it's the best England squad. They're going up against an immovable object, which is killing Mbappe in France. And who's got Kyle Walker. Are we serious? He's going to, or what are we, what are we talking about here? So I'm taking France in this one, even though I do really love this England squad. I'm, I'm taking France too. Uh, but I think they win in penalties. I think it, uh, I think it's two two goes to penalties. Oh, don't do that again! They, they England, lose in penalties again. England don't say I'd rather they get blown out. I can't see Saka <laughs> miss another penalty. It'll break my fucking heart. I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't, but that's just yeah. He's been good on penalty duty for Arsenal this year. He has like, been. He has been. But yeah, um, give me the baguettes over the beans <laughs> on toast. Uh, I think the French team is just too much. Uh, I don't. Uh, See the penalty, the two-two penalty shout from Andy's interesting. I see it more. I see more of this like a two-one win, but I want it to be like as dramatic as fuck, like a Killian Mbappe stoppage time winner to break all the English hearts out oh, there. You're like, cruel. Me, you are cruel. Me, Neil. Just inject it. Just just inject it. That's, that's all what, I want. That's what's going to happen, Daryl. Tell me, tell me some good news. Tell me you're going against all three of us and picking England. Just please be the contrarian here, because if you pick France, I'm going back and I'm going back to England. I'm switching my bets. <laughs> the, uh, the only way I can see England winning it is, uh, you know what? No, nah, there's no one. No, nah, <laughs> you had me, you motherfucker. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, he's about to say it. Oh, Kane is about to do something. He's Kane is going to hook up a Bellingham. No, no, it's France, isn't it? No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> I'm just looking 
the whole defensive line, I'm just looking at it. If they're going to start Luke Shaw, McGuire, Stone, and Walker. It's going to be a rough night for those guys. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I can see like 3-1 three, three, Grant. Oof. Oof. That's, that's a lot of goals. Um, <laughs> just I again, like I really want this England squad. I think Stones and Maguire for some reason they pair up really well. Luke Shaw uh looks good in an England kit, and I don't know, man. I just uh, I think the midfield is going to be really interesting battle with like Hamavinga versus Bellingham and Declan in there. So and and Henderson, see, he still got it. You know, scored a goal in the last match. So, oh man. I don't know. I don't know, but I guess we're all in agreement. It's France, then. Yeah. We we. We we. Yeah. We we. Um. Okay. Well, that was our knockout round recap and quarterfinal prediction. Um. I don't have anything else. Does anyone have anything for me or any other thoughts? Uh. Well, I. You know, every pod I talk too much about the Fox broadcast. I was going to see if you guys have any thoughts about that. But Neil, uh, what's up, Neil? What's up, man? I was going to say uh. Shout out to Arsenal. It played a uh, friendly in Dubai today and kicked Leon's ass 3-0. Fabio Vieira had a very nice goal. Uh, I'm going to quote the Drake and 21 Savage album. 21, can you do something for me? And Fabio had a really good game. So shout out Fabio Vieira. Okay. I was, I was trying to show off. I'm wearing my, my Gabriel uh, jersey. He also had a nice uh, score, a nice headed goal today. Okay. Gunners on top, still winning. I didn't think they could still be winning during the World Cup. Top of the table and continuing the gray stretch. Uh, Daryl, do you have anything else before we close out? Oh, yeah, dude. Fox Sports coverage. All they have to say is, like, I'm glad that they signed, like, Derek Ray, like, Ian Drake to call some of the games because, like, most of these commentators, dude, Landon Donovan is the most boring, like, dry commentator I've ever heard in my lifetime. And like he's paired with Derek Ray, so the whole time Derek Ray is out there like having to talk a lot, or working his ass off, yeah, trying to he, trying to make up for this bum. He's like trying to stretch it. Oh yeah, shout out to my man JP. I like JP. Uh, the box commentator, the older dude that's in the soccer Hall of Fame. He's oh yeah, yeah, Kobe Jones. He's they're really good, but like having knowing the fact that. Finals is going to be called by John Strong, Strong, and Stu Holton. Makes me so glad that I bought that Peacock subscription. Yeah, honestly, I might go on a hypothetical site and go to a hypothetical link to get me to the Sky Sports coverage uh, for the final. I hypothetically hope many people do that. Um, but yeah, Fox Sports. I don't want to drag on about it because I do it with Martin every single pod. We spend the first 15 minutes bitching about how horrible it is. But yeah, I'm just glad a lot of people are recognizing it too. And I posted an article the other day and they did a way better job of articulating my feelings about it than anyone could do. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming to hang out. This is a lot of fun. Andy, Neil, Daryl, uh, anything you guys want to plug? Anything? I know you plugged Arsenal, but anything personal, a Twitter, an Instagram, or uh, a shout out to anything? Join the lads discord. It's a very fun place. It's a great time. We're all very nice yeah. and fair to each other. I swear. Daryl. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to record my next uh, episode of Ripper podcast about soccer. Uh, check it out. I just talk about champions league. And now 
uh, World Cup and anything else about soccer. I might do a deep dive about the the whole thing that's happened in Juve, but I have to spend some time doing research. But overall, check out Ripper. It's going to be a great episode. Or you can follow me at DJDTrain on Instagram. Cool. All right. Uh, Andy, uh, any last thoughts? I mean, Andy, you're a pretty chill, dude. You know, I've got, I've got nothing but plugs, so it's a real uh, down note to leave the podcast on. So I guess I'll reiterate what, what Neil said in uh, the Lads Discord. It's a really nice community you got there. Yeah, if you follow the Instagram, you can hit the link in our bio and you can go right there. You can instantly go to the Discord anytime and say what we said tonight was stupid or good. Preferably you say nice things about us. We're we're very sensitive. So guys, thank you very much for a great time. And uh, I will be catching again in the Discord. Bye, guys. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, have a good night. I'll be your dream, I'll be your wish, I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I'll love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new being.